Good morning. Good morning. It's not morning here for us. That's why it's always really weird to say good morning. But for you listening, maybe it's morning. Hello there. That would be a disaster if we recorded this in the morning. Can you imagine? Some people have said that. They're like, no, just do it. We love, like, the realness. And I'm like, okay, there's, like, a level of, like, realness that's really cool. And then there's a level of, like. Obnoxious. A screaming one-year-old and the dogs and all the stuff that makes it, like, I really don't think we would be helping you all. <laughs> and usually one of the girls is acting off. Yeah. Usually Lily. Usually Lily. <laughs> So anyway, we're anyway we're in John chapter two this morning. Mm-hmm. See Jesus getting some. Uh, some we only going on. it's kind of weird if you, we normally do three chapters and then we've kind of knocked it down to two because I tend to take forever. And now we've done it with John. I wanted to kind of break it down even more. So we've just going chapter by chapter. If I can get through this one pretty quick, we'll go ahead and add another one on here. If not, we'll just leave it still at one. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. I don't think it matters to anybody. but No. Mm -mm. All right. So before we start, take a second to say a prayer. And once you've taken a prayer, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, and we mean that in the purest sense of the word, if there's anything, prayer, counsel, questions, help, stuff you need, whatever it is, please do not hesitate to reach out to us and let us know. We love hearing from you guys. You can go to aphomechurch.com and all the ways for all the things that's all on there. We even have a nifty little chat box thing on there now. So if you're reading or you come across something and you're like, what the heck is this? You can pop on right there, send Brandon a message directly directly and um, he'll get to that right away this is what he does all day long so he's literally here for anything that you guys need I mean I am too but he (laughs) does all the things anyways all right so going into chapter two here we're talking about the first week of Jesus ministry in the in the famous uh, water into wine story so if you like wine here you can insert all kinds of silly jokes (laughs) that look at first thing he did made some wine that's why I love that meme of the water section at the grocery store, and it's just wine on the shelves, and they're like, oh, Jesus was here. There's those, um, I guess you would call them theories, because they're not necessarily truth, but there's theories that this represents Israel going mm. spiritually dry. God, okay. Once the I wine ran out people, and yeah. turned to water. Yeah. And then Jesus came and turn the water back into wine I see where you could take that there yeah there's a I mean I think it's pretty cool to think that well because there are some things that like we don't necessarily have stuff for but like I see where you could pull those like conclusions from it and I don't think they're necessarily like totally wrong you know what I mean yeah I mean this is an I mean this is a he wasn't ready to completely reveal himself but his mama as, as the messiah yet but this is also a display of divinity here, too. So we'll get into it. Verse 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. That <laughs> Has always made me giggle. And in the 
And in the uh, ESV, it doesn't say dear woman. It just says woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But like that, it's not our problem. So my time isn't, I have, my time has not yet come. All right, verse five. But his mother told his servants, do whatever he tells you. And that's the part I love because here she comes to him freaking out and yeah. coming from, okay, so we come from our professional lives is within the wedding industry. So for us, maybe this just even hits home a little bit more. We have had weddings where the wine Runs out. Runs out. And that's a disaster. Yeah, it's it a is. planning disaster. It's a catering disaster. Like, it, it is, is a disaster. such a disaster. Like, I don't, like, if you don't do weddings, maybe you don't realize the importance of this here. Well, we had that happen at a nice like, wedding. Yeah. And so the, like, behind the scenes rush to, to fix these issues before it gets to the bride and groom that they've run out of wine. Like, it, it's, there's so much here. And it just cracks me up that, you know, you almost get married. She's there, obviously, helping out with this wedding in, in some way that you know she's aware of this problem and for her to go to him and he's like this isn't the time has not you know this isn't my time my problem well and it's so interesting it's like why would she go to him like what did she know that you know whatever or did she not know but then that she just turns around and she's like okay just listen to my son he'll tell you what to do yeah she's like okay he's got it only a mom he's like mom i told you i asked you what do you want me to like what do you want me to do about this so direct with his mother (laughs) no not my problem not my time and she turns around like you could just see that like mama face and turns okay just listen to him and it's like on one hand it's so interesting like what had happened that she knew that he could even take care of that issue you know what i mean um unless he had like a credit card that they would use to go and make the wine run you know what i mean (laughs) like how did she know but then the fact that he is so direct with her in his like not my time. I'm not doing this. And then she turns around she and goes, is like, okay, listen to my boy. Only a mom. She you goes, know, come like, on, you're special. You can do something with it. Yeah, and then you can just like imagine Jesus's face with his like, obviously he knows, you know, I don't know. I just find it funny on multiple different ways, you know, but you can just like imagine Jesus there in that moment just being like, for ah, a, it's my mom. For a story that wasn't meant to be funny, it is a hilarious little intro to the story though yeah. i think yeah yeah i have always laughed at that anyways all right verse six standing nearby were six stone water jars used for jewish ceremonial washing each could hold 20 to 30 gallons jesus told the servants fill the jars with water when the jars had been filled he said now dip some out and take it into the master of ceremonies so the servants followed his instructions when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Canaan Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. So, um, 
there's actually a couple times that this happened because we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke that all three of those Gospels record a second thing right before the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. So this likely had, he, he might have done this a few times. Sure. <laughs> going up to Jerusalem for Passover. Because again, his ministry was over. Right, it was over a course of... Three, of three years. years, and so you would have gone. You would have gone. That would have been for every single one. For every so. single right. So it's it's likely that this happened a few different times. But verse fifteen, Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. What? They exclaimed it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days? But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Okay, so going back to Jesus making a whip and chasing out the money changers and everything, that's another famous story, but... The meaning of that is huge uh, for a bunch of different reasons. Mainly in context, what this really truly means is obviously for Passover, they would have had a bunch of people from all over the world coming to Jerusalem for the Passover celebrations. So these these, um, people were making a business off of catching travelers needing sacrificial animals Mm -hmm. coming from outside of Jerusalem like hey don't worry about traveling with a sacrifice just come buy it in the temple but they were doing of convenience but this was most likely done too in the court of the Gentiles outside of the actual temple so it wasn't disrupting any of the Jewish celebration or worship or anything like that but it was messing with the gentiles worship mm-hmm. any non you know god-fearing gentiles mm-hmm. uh in the court of the gentiles <clears throat> excuse me so i mean in context that's what it was that's what was happening here i have a question what is there a connection between the way that they were setting up and selling things like this um, in this time and setting to the way that we now <laughs> set up bookstores yes. and cafes yeah. and things like that yeah, and sell overpriced go items there. in most of our Christian churches today? Yeah, yeah, you could definitely make a parallel there, a main parallel there, I'm sure. So is it wrong to have... A store in your church or you know like in your church yeah, lobby what, what, or outside yeah. of it what are you selling yeah <laughs> i mean what do you I mean i always kind I of um what are you doing i think i it's not that maybe i don't know i i feel like it's just very tacky and of bad taste um i don't know if we could stand here and call it necessarily like sinful or wrong you know with like all authority but 
it kind of just blows my mind. Like I remember um, when our church back home as kids was first trying to become like mega churchy or whatever. And I remember when we would go in because they always wanted you to buy things from their bookstore, right? They'd always push that. I just remember how overpriced everything was. You know what I mean? Like you oh, could, yeah. it was always like 10 times more expensive. And it's funny to see stuff like I remember um, I really needed a Bible, a new Bible when um, I was getting ready to start school there. And we went in and looked, and I remember how much my mom had to save up to be able to buy it's that pink cover one that mm-hmm. I still have. But I remember how much like she had to save up to be able to afford that. But it's like, isn't that why are you charging for that? Like, yeah, why? I, I just I don't know. I don't like. What's your point of doing this? Is your point? It's a revenue source, is what it is. Like, why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we also don't charge for anything we do, and so therefore, what we do apparently doesn't count. So, <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> But I think there's a correlation between the two. Yeah, and I mean, symbolically, this is you don't. There's a separation between the world and God that you don't mix the two. You don't marry the two. You don't defile the temple of God, especially with our worldly business and corruption. (laughs) Because, you know, anywhere that there's you know business going on there's going to be some sort of corruption it's kind of par for the course yeah and that has no business in god's house going back up to verse 19 is always really interesting because what does jesus say there he says all right jesus replied destroy this temple and in three days i will raise it up well, Jesus was speaking about his resurrection of his body, but isn't it isn't the wording interesting there? I, I will raise it up. Well, again, starting with John, that everything was created for him, through right. him, by him. So you look back at, you know, like the Genesis accounts, and you're like, but that was for Jesus, by Jesus, with yep. Jesus? Like, it, this whole thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. I will raise. I will raise it up. I love that. All right, so in verse 23. Because of these miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. (laughs) That says that he knew all about people. Yeah. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Okay, since chapter one ended pretty quick, I got through that a lot quicker than I thought I was going to. Chapter three. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Isn't it amazing that he came to him at night mm-hmm. in when having this conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In darkness? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you know what else I wanted to throw out there, though? What? If you guys um, are reading through this, um, it's an awesome resource for yourself, but especially doing this with the kids. It is Lily, our eight-year-old. It is her favorite movie by far. If you go on Amazon. Oh, the Gospel of John. It's the Gospel of John. And it literally is a movie, but they go through verse by verse 
the whole book of John with the movie. So it's, she was up watching it this morning. She was up watching it this morning. She which, loves she it. She loves that movie. It's a long movie, but if you watch it, you know, as you're reading through, just to kind of give a visual and make these things kind of come alive, I think it mm-hmm. helps in the understanding and all of yeah, that. Yeah, those first by I really like those movies that they do verse by verse, verse and by they verse, have, yeah. And it's one of the ones that has the verses on screen, doesn't it? I think you can turn it on in the corner or something, something but it's got like, Oh yeah. It tells you what verse or whatever. But anyways, um, I wanted to make sure this morning when she was watching that, like again, it's like a three hour, three and a half hour movie or something like that. But, um, if you watch it while you're reading through it might, uh, you know, people ask how to engage their kids and engage their family in that things like that to help you visualize it. So you're hearing it, you're seeing it, you're understanding it. Um, I wanted to make sure we threw that out there. Yeah. Sorry, I almost forgot. <laughs> oh, it's great. that I'm glad that you did. All right, verse 4. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born from the Spirit. I love how literal the Jewish leader is here, right? Yeah. Being so literal. Yeah, he's like, How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? (laughs) I assure you, we tell you what you we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. That's really funny, considering the, the Bethel uh, teachings that we have yeah. been... And it's not just Bethel. There's other churches, No, too, but, but Justin Peters was pointing out that the head pastor of Bethel has got this binder that is full of stories that he claims are his divine interactions with God and some trips to heaven. You serious? Yeah. That's... Yet people are just eating it up. It's crazy. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. All right. Um, Anyways. Am I at 14? Yep. I didn't know if I finished that or if I stopped in the middle of it. <laughs> You're Sorry, everybody. Yet. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life god sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in god's one and only son and the judgment is based on this fact god's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than the light For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. 
but those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. All right, so I just read past the most famous Bible verse known to man in the history of ever. And it's funny because when and you're reading it read in right context, I feel like it is not the one that stands it's out. It's not. It's yeah. not at all. And that's why that was really. Like it's important. I'm not saying that John 3.16 is not. No, no, no. That's, I, yeah, but, and, and I'm not. But it's funny that we choose. That's just cherry picking verses out of the Bible. And yeah. we, in that verse itself, we don't take completely in context. Mm-hmm. That's one verse. That, that's just the only verse that you ever see is that one verse, John 3.16. I think I know where you're going to go with this. (coughs) One thing, though, I was looking for something, it being Pride Month or whatever, has, I've seen so many from professing Christians, so many things that are just killing me. And I've just been like praying about it, not knowing like how to feel about it. Should I say something, not say, you know, whatever. Anyways, I saw the way that somebody had written this, and I thought it was so cool, and I feel like it completely applies here because the whole point of our, you know, we thought it was so perfect to be reading through a gospel right now is, you know, everybody wants to talk about who Jesus was and what Jesus was about, and it's like, well, let's just go to his own words right here and see, you know. But somebody, I saw it written up in this way, and I thought this was so cool. It said, Instead of focusing on asking the question, how could your all-loving God send someone to hell? The true question there is, how could someone choose hell over Over an all-loving God? Yeah, exactly. And that's so the point where you read this here, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already already been been judged judged, for not believing. Like, Mm -hmm. the way that the world has twisted it, that most people believe christianity is and jesus is it's just so backwards yeah it is from the truth that it blows your mind yeah i was yeah i was just going to the fact that i was going to talk about the context thing because when you read it in context Mm -hmm. it's just it's not it's powerful sure but it's not any more powerful than any other i mean Dude, I can go into tears in Romans 8. Yeah. <laughs> but yet this, I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful, but mm-hmm. it's not what we set it up to I be. I feel like I you, get this, this and I, where... you get this idea of, you know, John 3, 16, and then when you read through the whole book, I, I know for me, when I was going through that, I'm going to, you know, I grew up in the church, but I'm going to read the whole Bible for myself, by myself. I remember I got like halfway through the book of John and had one of those like, oh, John 3.16. I don't even remember. Uh, that was like, one of know, the things like, that Whoa. I noticed in in when I started school is I went right through John and I was like, you know what? I, I mean, I didn't even think about that. I, I guess you expect like a neon light to start flashing when you get to it or something like that. Yeah, I like, guess. And you realize, I mean, again, and not taking Because usually away. that's the only thing that people have highlighted mm-hmm. or something. You yeah. know, even people that don't highlight. I just feel like when you continue on, like I love, you know, one but of But you're you. right. There's more to this verse than just for God so loved the world that he gave his only. Well, and that's why I love one of you made a shirt for me. And it's a cross, but it's John three sixteen and 17. In it. Yeah, because again, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with 16. It's a great verse, but keep reading. Keep there's going. so much more in this, and I feel like when you continue on this 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, you continue on in what Christ. Well, is and saying then he here, still he talks like, about yes. still about these people being judged because they don't believe in him and because they love darkness and they don't mm-hmm. believe in the light, and so 
It's, and you don't want your sins exposed, so you won't come too close to the light. And then you see this all-inclusive Jesus right. being spewed out today yeah. and judge not. And it's like... Well, this, that kind of takes away the whole... Uh, yeah, yeah kind of takes away the whole purpose. But what do you know? All right, verse... What? 22. When Jesus and his disciples left, Jer left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside, Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Enon near Salim because there was plenty of water there, and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. I love that that's a verse that's thrown in there, like, obviously. Yeah. Because he's beheaded in prison. But anyways, yeah, that's a clearly note. clarification was needed. Yeah, you, obviously that's usually that's a note from the editor there. This was before John was thrown into prison. Yeah, I would, I would guess so. Yeah. Didn't, he didn't last long See, so very it's not much just there. now that common sense isn't common. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Anyways, 25. Verse 25. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody's going to him instead of coming to us. Which, again, I think is a point here that if you have no understanding of Jewish rituals, yeah. some of the, so many of these things really get lost where like you don't quite understand the depth of this. And this is where the church has done a great disservice at the way that we have removed everything Jewish out of Christianity. But Christ didn't come to create a new religion. No. He's a Jew right. who came to fulfill the Jewish, Jewish. religion. Right. You know, the, the, the it just, I don't know. So anyways, when you understand ceremonial cleansing mm -hmm. and Jewish ritual, you know, it, it just brings so much Correct. more. Correct, yeah, none of that stuff was new. No, not no, at all. It was and new. they it have all very stuff, yeah. strict regulation and so instruction for all of this. If you don't know, just look into, um, I mean, you can even just Google it and you can learn just the basic information of it. And you can, yeah. you know, there's plenty of books and everything. But if you don't know, yeah, um, just type in, um, you know, Jewish ceremonial cleansing and that'll mm -hmm. lead you to some sort of yeah. website or something that'll explain, and stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, Chabad's got one, but. Or even if you look, if you have an index in your Bible, and I'm sure if mm -hmm. you look at, you know, ritual cleansing or cleansing, baptism, you know, whatever, pull up any of those in your um, index, and that will lead you to, you know, your scripture. Look through the Old Testament um, books um, in the Torah, and that will explain, um, you know, yeah, things the, for them the, to do the, and stuff. The instructions for the, the priests to do this. Mm -hmm. was... So anyways. I just think it's it's interesting to note but when you look you at that. But you can actually, you learn a lot about the New Testament if you go and you... Oh, completely. You learn things The like New that. Testament is the key that opens and up so the that, understanding. Yeah, right. Old. And that's, so that's one thing that's had that we lost, and it's in no way a, you know, uh, a worship of, you know, or, or thinking that there's something better. Yeah, you have some people who take it too far thinking... You don't get yeah. extra credit points for it. It's, yeah. But it's You're not loving God better because you yeah. live like an Old Testament Jew, um, but it opens and unlocks the New Testament is the key that unlocks everything of the Old Testament. You can tell the whole story of Christ right. using right, the, the Old, Old Testament. Testament. Correct, yeah, you can. That's why after Jesus comes, you see the disciples using the scriptures to debate with the Jews about Christ. Right. They're using the Old Testament Right, they're to using prove the Old Christ. Testament to prove Christ, right? And yeah. that's what... 
Jesus, we'll see at the end here, but that's what Jesus spent his time doing after his, uh, you know, during that period of time that he, he went and explained to them everything in the Old Testament. He had like, like probably the best seminary class ever. Could you imagine? No, I don't. So cool. I can't even imagine. But going through, well, yes, I can imagine because, I mean, we'll be able to, I mean, someday, One day. to see this, but going through with Jesus himself showing exactly where he was in every single place and, and every single thing that pointed to him and every, you know. So, yeah, that's fascinating. All right, verse. How do you help me? Sorry, I took a drink of tea right when you did that. Um, you were on 27. All right. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear <laughs> his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at, at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of earth, and we speak of earthly things. But he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. You know what's funny is that this is, he adds up there, this was before John was thrown into prison that John says all of mm -hmm. this. It, it, notice it was before that he says all of this, because once in the other accounts when John's yeah. already in prison, he goes, um, can you go find out if this dude's really who he says he is? Because... Yeah. I'm in jail. Let's just be sure here, he's, I guess. He's not... These things aren't happening yet. Yeah. Just make sure that it's... This is the guy. Make sure I didn't read this wrong. Yeah. You know? So well, it's, it's funny that... to note that John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin as right, well. Right. Right. So, but that even shows you... That shows you that there's not... I mean, even, even the messenger that mm -hmm. prepares the way this was... You know, because when you look in the prophecies of the Old Testament, you um you can you can almost put together two completely different right. messiahs. But I, one is a suffering servant. One comes in, takes over, and implements his kingdom. Right. So, so you later, can see where their confusion would have come from. Yeah. But from somebody that was that was you know uh, his whole life was set apart and different. John's, to, yeah. yeah, to John's to prepare the way for Christ. For and even his, he was his like, coming, and even he <laughs> being flesh was like, wait a minute. Because John the Baptist was not supernatural. Yeah. Like, there was no, not at all. Different not at all. Him. It was just that he. Uh, God used him, had him set apart. I mean, it's in supernatural, no, but he definitely was set apart, and God used him for, you know, a specific, uh, for, you know, for a fulfillment of prophecy, obviously. Um, among many other things. Yes. But, uh, you know, he he definitely was favored. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we can see that. I mean, you don't just have an angel appearing to your dad. Not oh, everybody yeah, has no, that and no. saying, hey, yeah. 
guess what? You've never had a kid ever. Now you're going to have one. And guess what? He's going to be the one that is going to be the one that paves the way for the Messiah. And even Zachariah, his father being a priest, was like, what? You're crazy. How's this going to happen? And he's like, I'm an angel. Mm -hmm. Why would you say that to me? So, I mean, just being that, like knowing, knowing that much and still going, wait, is this really the Messiah? That shows you the how even the the closest mm-hmm. still can't do it by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> we still mess it up. We will never in our flesh choose God. Mm-hmm. We are a natural enemy. We are, and I don't think we understand. We don't. Like, we don't understand what that means. Mm-hmm. We don't. Uh, people th- like to do the, you know, no condemnation, no, ju- you know, all this. Well, you're right, but not yet. <laughs> like, while we're here and while we're still human. All right, verse 35. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. So don't forget the very last of that part. Mm-hmm. We like to forget that, don't we? All right, so that was two and three. So two chapters today. There you go. That's confusing. That's okay. Oh, well. All right, we'll be back with uh, four, possibly five, maybe just four. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow regardless.